Cage? I think I broke something. What? My back. The only thing I can feel are my lips. Now listen carefully. This is a very important rule. This is the only rule. You get injured on the field, you better make sure you die. Why? Last time I was in combat, I was hit. I was bleeding out, just not fast enough. I woke up in a field hospital with three pints of someone else's blood, and I was out. I lost the power. Do you understand? I think we'd better start over, don't you? Welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. I'm Jason, and Red is on assignment this week with Bigfoot deep inside the Amazonian rainforest looking for the fable fourth Indiana Jones script that was actually good. But this week we have Rob with us. Say hi, Rob. Hi, Rob. And we're going to discuss the film that asks the question... What if Groundhog's Day were a war movie? Starring Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise, it's 2004's Edge of Tomorrow. But what do you say we do some news first? Uh, okay, let's do some news. All right, what do you got? Oh, man, do I got... I've got all kinds of fun stuff. Well, share. So... Well, so the first thing is, is we're going to talk about Uranus. I mean, Uranus. I mean, Uranus. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, let's, <laughs> let's keep my anus out of it. Oh, no. No, because your anus really looks totally messed up right now. Now, so, you're talking uh, the planet Uranus, right? No, no. I'm talking about your actual butthole. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, I'm talking about the planet. Uh, so, right now, um, uh, so, you know... Uranus, it's it's way on out there, right? Sure. Uh, it takes uh, what is it like almost an entire year to go? Uh, I mean, we only get to see it like once a year uh, on the Hubble t- telescope, uh, I believe, is what the uh, thing said. Uh, yeah. So uh, in November, um, they took their picture of. Uh, Uranus, and it looks like uh, the polar ice caps are going all kinds of funky. Like uh, funky how? Well, it used to, you know, the planet's normally kind of a bluish hint or tone. Blue-green, uh, yeah. Yeah, hue. Uh, well, right now it looks uh, like almost a third of the uh, planet is covered in white. Um, and that's uh, because... It is right now. It's uh, what their summer season. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it is on Uranus. No, no, right it's now. it's currently midsummer on the North Pole of Uranus, um, and so so it's a little bit warmer. Um, so things are um, the things are kind of melting a little bit. Uh, oh, and I found it here. Um, it looks like it's every ten years. Okay, that makes more sense because it's yep, way yep, out there. There we go. It's got yeah, a it's very uh, long elliptical. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, back in 2007, uh, they noticed a small little white dot on it uh, up on the North Pole. Uh, and now, 10 years later, that dot has gotten larger. Uh, and it is uh, now deep. It is uh, now deeper and closer to the uh, equator. Uh, thing says the aerosol cap evolving as spring becomes summer. The exact causes of these aerosol changes remain a mystery, but uh, the possibility is the warming temp- temperature, unusual chemistry, large-scale ac- atmospheric circular pattern, uh, or it might be everything. Um, uh, they've been monitoring it for a while. Uh, it's probably caused, uh, let's see, some models say that it, it's probably caused by the methane abundance above the main cloud deck. Um, it, so it's kind of getting itself warmed up just a little bit more than normal. Oh, okay. Um, so global yeah. warming on Uranus. Yeah, apparently, apparently so. Well, I, well, I, I wouldn't call it global warming so much as it's just, coming to be summer there okay yeah i read something that said that their seasons last for like years oh yeah because I mean, it's because of how the rotation the not, not only the elliptical rotation but the the rotation of the planet and at the sun yeah yeah so i thought that was kind of interesting and the headline just caught mine whoa uranus looks totally messed up right now it's like okay, yeah, that's, that's intriguing. That's a clickbaity heads headline. Yes, you're absolutely it was, right. But it was very, it was a very uh, informative uh, article. Yeah. You know, it was like, hey, that's kind of interesting. It's not just like, well, it looks messed up because, uh, yeah, we forgot to clean the lens <laughs> or something. I hate you know? it when that happens. I know, right? <laughs> All right, what else you got? Um, I've got uh, I've got some expanse news. Oh, oh, please so do I talk- tell. Yes, yes. So I talked about uh, last podcast that they uh, were close to f- to wrapping up. Yes. Well, they actually did wrap up. It's it's done. It's wrapped. Awesome. Um, so when are they releasing? They haven't said yet. Ah. Uh, they still haven't said it's wrapped, uh, but they did, and nobody knew this. They did announce uh, one of the actors that is coming up on the series uh, for this year, uh, Burn Gorman. Um, if you don't know who Burn Gorman is, and I don't. Uh, oh, okay. So he was one of the scientists. Uh, he was actually the British scientist on um, what? What is that? Pacific Rim and Pacific Rim Two. And I have seen neither of those. Well, then you are completely useless. <laughs> what kind of sci-fi <laughs> geek are you? I'm a sci-fi geek with very limited amounts of time. Oh my gosh! Uh, let's see, Burn Gorman. What else could he have been in? Uh, I don't know. We'd have to look it up. Could do some research on the fly, but <laughs> all right. Is no, that no. it? Is that all you got? Uh, yeah, that's all I was doing. Is Burn Gorman? He is. Uh, he joined the cast, and he's playing a character named Adolphus Murtry. Uh, basically, he's a, a glorified police person on a ship so is he um, uh is he ucn is he, is he uh no he is belter? he is Marshall? Uh, he is uh he is U ucn yeah uh he's he's uh, uh from earth 
Um, and basically in the books, this guy, he, uh, uh, so some belters uh, laid claim to a uh, planet, right? Because at the end of season three, have you seen season three? Yes. Okay, end of season three, you know, they all the gates open up, right? Okay, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Oh, dang. Uh, so all the gates open up, and so they go, Belters start, like, trying to colonize. Well, a, a corporation lays claim to the same planet, and so they're trying to uh, uh, get rid of the squatters, so to speak. Um, and he's one of the uh, enforcers for the UCN. Uh, U, uh, no, UED, UED, United Earth Directorate. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Am I, am I getting all my stuff? <laughs> I think you are. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, well. Yeah, he's a security chief for RCE. I don't know what that is. Uh, aboard a ship, and that's basically, yeah. So, hey, get off my planet. The Rosanati has to come in and uh, uh, be the peacekeepers of course yeah he's well they they get a charter to be the peacekeeper so i don't know it's it'll be pretty cool anyway anyway probably yeah what's yours did i take it no you did not actually oh i tried so hard so it looks like the orville is having some ratings trouble for season two Mm-hmm. yeah i heard that yeah so the the coveted 18 to 49 age demographic uh the orville on its first episode for season two only drew in about 5.7 million of those and that's down from the first season's premiere and then on uh the next episode so episode two of season two dropped to half of that at 2.8 million viewers um that puts the orville like towards the bottom of uh, the rated shows on Fox, although it did do better with delayed viewing, and that's not taken to they don't consider that um, as part of the viewership number. So, right, right. so that'd be like DVR and right on demand, on demand that kind things of thing. like that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it looks Which like is the what I watch. might be in some trouble. We'll have to see. And, you know, I've been monitoring some channels on, on various Discord servers, and it seems like a lot of people aren't really impressed with this season of the Orville. Have you have you watched season uh, one and two? Yes. Um, season one was good. Um, season two, so far, they're, they're tackling... They're tackling more... Um, serious type conversations, such really? as well, yeah, well, such as um, uh, right. I say this, and now I totally forget. No, uh, such as uh, a person's worth. Uh, you know, the uh, security chief is strong. Uh, well, she she becomes not strong. Um, uh, so she has to go back to her home plan, and it's like you know, you only want me for my strength, not for who I am. That type of deal. So they they work they they tackle that. They tackle porn addiction. Really? Uh, yeah. Bordet Bordis is uh, is addicted to uh, Mocklin porn, which is basically a bunch of guy on guy. Um, okay. 
So it was a little weird, uh, you know, but they handled it well. But it just, it seems like, oh, and then they had another one, uh, the, the latest one that I watched, which I think I'm about one behind. Um, uh, Kelly and Bordis are put in an internment camp on a planet that they make first contact with because of what month they were born in. Okay, so, well, I, yeah, they, I still have to watch the last part of season one and then catch up with season two so okay i will definitely damper my expectations for season. yeah i mean it's it's still got some one-liners in it from here and there but it's it i think they are trying to take themselves just a tad bit too seriously you know uh, the, the first season was a lot of a lot of yeah we're trying to be serious but we know we're not you know right is, is kind okay. of what I got got the well. Good to know. Good to know. So yeah. uh, that's all I had for this week. Are you ready to do some crawling? Uh, let's let's do the damage. Let's do it. We can call it. I don't know. Say a pod crawl. The pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Excellent. Insert it deep. Pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. Movie starts and it's the end of the world as we know it and REM is probably dead. After five years of getting our ass kicked by aliens, humanity has finally won a battle in Verdun because of Rita Von Hotty. Enter Major Pretty Boy broadcasting the win due to a new shiny suit and dismissing Von Hotty as a hero. Pretty Boy takes a little helicopter nap after a hard day of broadcasting the plan to attack the enemy to the world. Major Pretty Boy is told by General Winston Churchill that he must record the front lines because blood and guts makes good TV. Pretty Boy does his best to blackmail Irish Churchill but ends up tased, hog-tied, and shipped to the front line. (laughs) J-Squad gets their fiber for the day via playing cards and are put in charge of Major, wait no, Private smirks a lot. (laughs) Operation Downfall begins without a hitch, except for all the helicopters blowing up around them and the enemy knowing it was coming. Way to go dumbass. Ethan Hunt Mission Impossibles himself out of the helicopter and sticks the landing face first. Another helicopter crashes and Rita Von Hottie enters kicking ass and taking, oh wait she just died. (laughs) Ethan Hunt meets back up with J-Squad so he can watch everyone die in an ambush. A blue mimic tries to make Ethan Hunt his bitch but eats a claymore. Jerry Maguire is shown the money shot and takes it like a champ as he gets his first alien pearl necklace that melts his face off. The Matrix has glitched and Pretty Boy wakes up hog-tied and at the front lines just like yesterday, but he doesn't know Kung Fu. The battle goes just like last time, except he saves Von Hottie and takes a round to the chest. He is thanked for his heroic services by being looted by Von Hottie and teabagged by a mimic. The day resets and smirks a lot starts to see a pattern. Let's make this easy. Death by helicopter landing on head. Death by truck. Tries to recruit Rita Von Hottie. Told to find her when he wakes up. Death by explosion. Death by speed bump. Finds Von Hottie doing yoga and learns that his death resets time because alien science or Scientology. Whichever. We learn that Von Hottie yeah. had an alien facial before, but lost time reset when she had a blood transfusion. Von Hottie channels her inner princess. Help me Obi-Wan Kenobi, your humanity's only hope. Q combat training montage with lots of death by Von Hottie. Jerry Maguire tries to get in Von Hottie's pants. She answers with death by spinner. Continue training death montage. Death by mimic. For fuck's sake. Death by mimic three more times. Death by Mimic Invasion, Jack Reacher saves J-Squad, escapes in a van and tries to woo Von Hottie. This guy never learns. Death by Mimic. Reacher breaks up with Von Hottie and she doesn't even know it. Reacher finds Omega Dam. As Akbar would say, it's a trap. 
Death by drowning, Breacher and Von Hottie visit Churchill and steal back the MacGuffin. Death by Von Hottie, MacGuffin stolen again and used. The smart thing to do is kill yourself and reset the day. Yeah. Nope, not Reacher, yep. we need to continue the car chase and get knocked out in an accident. We must add drama to the story. Reacher gets a blood transfusion and loses the reset. Drama has been created. Good job writers. The Omega forgot to validate his parking so Reacher and Von Hottie go to collect. Operation Kill Omega is started with J-Squad as they head to the Louvre parking garage because setting up the literal brain of your fighting force within flying distance of the enemy is sound tactical planning. Yes, Reacher's is. helicopter is shot down so they must find a new mode of transportation. Maverick has a need, a need for speed. So Maverick MacGyvers the helicopter into a redneck airboat and rams the Louvre head on and survives being thrown 60 feet because, Tom Cruise. Von Hottie yes. is Hulk smashed by a blue mimic. Maverick is stabbed but blows his wad all over Omega's face by dropping grenades and killing Omega with the longest 5-second fuse ever. Right. A psychic wave goes out and all mimics turn into modern art. Reacher gets another mimic money shot from Omega. At least it was a promotion. The day resets but while taking a nap on the helicopter, this time something is different. Mimics are dead everywhere and the war is over, Von Hottie is alive and still doing yoga and Q-shit eating grin credits. Mm -hmm. Very nicely done with your inaugural pod crawl write-up. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, man, do you like this movie? Um, overall, yes. Yeah, so o did I. I thought this movie overall, was very yeah. well done, except for mm -hmm. just a few points and that ending. That yeah. ending, which we'll get to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I. I I thought it was good. Um, I thought there was some stuff in there that was uh, 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 easily foreseen. It's like, I mean, you were going to call it, and it's like, yep, there it is. You know, right. it's it, it was very easy to, to see where they were going. Um, well, I mean, it, so <laughs> it was fun, you know, watching the very many and and well, the, the wide variety of ways in which they killed him off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Oh, the first, the first time I ever saw this movie, I laughed my ass off when he got hit, when he got hit by the truck on the beach. <laughs> You're right. Uh, you know, running across, you know, doing the superhero, superhero run, and then just smack. I, I laughed. And then I also laughed when he became a human speed bump. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, that was and that the, was and good. The, and, and you got Bill Paxton going, what the fuck? Yeah. So, and I, I thought this movie was really well done. The story was really well done. The story mm -hmm. stu struck a great balance between, you know, showing all of this death and destruction over and over again. But mm -hmm. it still kept everything light enough to really prevent the audience from, you know, getting turned off and basically sinking into this dark depression just by watching this guy get killed over and over again. Yeah. And what really just, I mean, and it's almost imperceptible how it happened, but about two-thirds of the way through the movie, there was this tone shift where it stopped being so much, you know, lighthearted and, and somewhat comedic. Um, yeah. it, it got a lot more serious. Yes. The story got a lot more serious. And I think, I think that tonal shift and, and just the imperceptible way in which they shifted that tone and some of the lighting kind of helped with that. Uh, some of the music in the background really kind of drew you into that. I think that did this, I think that did this movie justice 
yeah. um, and and for you know what was going on in the plot of the story. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I think the 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 turning point was when he started realizing he couldn't save her. You know, he he was right. gonna have to he was gonna have to let her. He was gonna have to do his own thing. Uh, you, you know, and but and he. I think well, that, no, actually, maybe before then, when he was take when he went to the bar, I think is where I, it started shifting. <laughs> right. I think the bar was. He just had had enough of dying mm-hmm. over and over and watching all this shit happen, and it was just mm-hmm. like, "Fuck it, I'm taking a day off." Yeah, and I'm going <laughs> to the bar, and I'm going to drink, and I'm going to talk with all these old farts here in the bar, and I'm just I'm just doing a me day. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, God, can you imagine the psychological damage that would happen if uh, you had to live through that shit day in and day out over and over again? Yeah, so so somebody kept track, um, and he died twenty six times on screen. On screen, yeah, but that doesn't That's, account for what they didn't show. Exactly, and you know that there was other stuff because you know it's like, okay, what do we do from here? I never got this far, right? You know that kind of deal, or I don't know yet, you know. And yeah, the uh, dude had to. I mean, you can you could see him dying and doing this shit hundreds yeah. of times over. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and it's it, it was really nice. You know, you you kind of he kind of makes it sound like he's never done it before. You know, like when they go to steal the van. Oh, uh, how about you take that one and this one because we've never done. You know, we haven't checked these two. Yeah, and and they have. Don't forget to take off the uh, the, the the caravan. Yeah, what yeah, they called the caravan. Which yeah. which I wonder, I wonder if he didn't say that, would she have? Not taking it off. Oh, or would she have taken it off? Knows? You know, I mean, there's so many different permutations. Oh, yeah, that could have happened during all this. It's mm-hmm. it, it boggles the mind all of the variables that he would have had to have kept track of. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, that brings up a a good point in that that was kind of a plot hole because one of the one of the major pivot points in all of this and kind of where he figured out or realized that maybe he couldn't save her was getting that helicopter off the ground. But later on in the movie, it showed him, you know, taking out all the mimics and getting the helicopter off the ground. So why didn't he just enact that plan with her in tow? Uh, You know, maybe he tried and she kept, um, she kept, uh, uh, Causing issues, you know, because she was pretty dang stubborn. Yeah, that's that's true. But I you mean, know, that's the only she, thing. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, and maybe that was it. She was a distraction, um, and he wasn't able to to do what he needed to do with her in tow. Well, well, and and he tried. He tried. He tried to get her to just chill out for the night. Hey, why don't you sit here? I'll go try. And she's like, you know, fuck that, you know, I'm I'm doing this, you know, and and that's the one that we saw where she ended up dying, you know, and it's like I've tried this multiple times, you never make it. Yeah, you know? but I mean, when he took the helicopter, it showed him just taking out all of those mimics. Why didn't he do that? Have her stay in the barn until he got that done, and then they both yeah. leave together. I don't know. I don't know. So I think that was a, a plot hole. I think that was kind of you know. Uh, him, him going can't be the only plot hole to, you to saw. kind of pull 
string. Well, no, there were a couple of different <laughs> plot holes, but that was that was one of the glaring ones. Yeah. Uh, the other one that I remember is when they finally found that beacon, or when they finally got that beacon, mm-hmm. and were able to use it. Yeah. And then yeah. he found the location of the Omega under the Louvre. Yeah. Why didn't they just hit the brakes at that point and she shoot him in the head and Dude, reset? That, that's exactly what I said I know. in the pod crawl. It <laughs> was know. like, I'm thinking, okay, they found it. Great. She's going to shoot herself. And and you're, and you mentioned, well, commented, it's like, well, she's driving. Well, yeah, but he can shoot himself. Why did, why did he never kill himself? Well, she had the gun, right? Right, right. But you would think he would have grabbed the gun from her real quick and – Popped I mean, himself. She knew what was going on. She knew how yeah. this worked. She should have. She shot him yeah. more in the head, yeah. I think, than anybody else. Uh, she she does have the higher kill count. That's for sure. Oh man! So when I was watching this movie, the first thing that and and this was the first time that I ever saw this movie. Um, the first thing that came to my mind really early on in the movie was this dude's a safe scummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Quick funnily save, enough, funnily enough, the the uh, the manga that this movie is based off of mm-hmm. was inspired by video games. the The right. author that wrote the original manga uh, mm-hmm. said that he came up with a concept after you know um, playing a video game, dying, restarting, and then figuring out the optimal path to to beat the game. So. Mm-hmm. This is and basically manga, just a, a, a reimagining of a video game. So, yep. And the manga is "All You Need Is Kill." All you need is kill. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, uh, by I tried to find. Oh, uh, by Hiroshi, uh, Hiroshi Sakurazaka. Sakurazaka. Yes. Yep. 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 From published back in two thousand four. Oh wow! Is it that old? Took him ten yeah. years to make a movie. I guess, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Original run was January 9th, 2014 to May 29th, 2014. Uh, no, it was published in 2004. The light novel was. The manga the light was. No- oh, the manga. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm looking at the original novel that it was based off mm, of. Gotcha. And then they did the, the man. yeah, then they did a manga, and then they did the movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and that, and that's also what didn't get me while we're talking about the whole, why didn't you shoot yourself after you figured out where the guy was? So why did they run out? You know, uh, you know, they know they're getting chased. Why don't they go, okay, this isn't working. Let's shoot myself, do it again. Why don't we do it inside the guy's office where we have complete control over what's going on? Right. Yeah. I mean, they, they kind of wait. And do it. I I don't know why they were trying to escape. I mean, drama. Like I said, <laughs> right, drama. Right. Yeah. And and the so stakes the, weren't the high original enough. manga kind of dealt with this a little differently. There were various antennas that they had to take out. Yeah. And yep, yep. Um, there was kind of a, a plot twist that um, prevented Both. them from. Well, I don't want to give it away in case somebody yep, actually yep. does want to read the manga because I think it's I think it's probably worth reading. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But there was a there was a plot twist. They at one point they did destroy all the antennas, but things reset anyway, and and there was a reason for that. So, right, right. Um, I don't want to I don't want to give that away on the on the pod because. Uh, but I'll I, give I think, it away. They all die. Everyone, humanity, <laughs> the world. They do not. No, you just... liar. Um, <laughs> but I think the way that they probably handled in the manga was was probably a a, a better way of dealing with it. Um, I don't think it would have been as visually striking or as good of a story in a movie. So right. the way they were, the way they handled things in the movie is is probably the best way they could have put it up on screen. Yeah, yeah. And there have been multiple reddits on how does the time travel mechanic work. Oh yeah, uh, you it, know, and all of that's conjecture. I mean, yeah, there you could you could come up with several different explanations based off of you know real theoretical physics, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm not going to delve into that. <laughs> that's some mind bending shit. What'd you think of the ending? Um, you know, the ending itself, I, I liked it. I liked to. I didn't, I didn't, I like the fact that it ended with, you know, on a slightly happy note, ju- just because, um, you, you know, it was kind of nice, because, you know, he, it was kind of Debbie Downer there towards the end where he's like, uh, you know, this is it. Right. And then it, it was a nice little twist that, you know, oh, well, let's reset. Right. Um, I, it was kind of a cop out, but I, but I liked it. I uh, hated it. Oh, okay. hated the ending because it was it, it you were right it was a cop out yeah the, the the last five minutes of the movie they could have cut out and I would have been much happier I would have been much happier if they had cut to black after uh he gets infused with the omega's blood under underwater and his eyes mm-hmm. turn black and he opens them and then kind of smiles and they cut to black. That would have been a that great ending. That would have been that, a much better yeah, 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 ending. Yeah. That would have been a much yeah. better ending than what they did with him waking up in the helicopter at the beginning of the fucking movie and the war is over. Because that doesn't explain how, you know, yes. everything is still the way it was at the beginning of the movie, but all the aliens are dead somehow. Um, yeah. And that just totally cheapens everybody's sacrifice it took to get him to the point where he was able to kill the Omega. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, all that sacrifice was bullshit. Was it yeah, was, it was for nothing. Yeah, but I, I do the the only thing that I the the only reason why I kind of like it is they they were throwing in kind of a love story more or less. You know, she was opening up. Uh, you, you know, you literally have what two days. Uh, the, this whole thing happens in yeah. the course of two days, two days, right? So, so she's. He's able to break down her walls and everything like that, and she really gets to liking him and everything because they come from the same place. And just because the Omega died, you know, her experience still happened uh, at Verdun. So she knows where he's coming from. He can go up to her and say, look, I did it. I took care of it, yada, yada, yada. You know, and then there's, there's hope for him. I'm a hopeless romantic. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. and I didn't mind the the you know romantic overtones in parts of the movie. Yeah. That was fine, but mm-hmm. I think it cheapens the plot the way they ended uh, it just for a romantic fucking. I mean, this wasn't a romantic comedy. 
This yeah. wasn't a rom-com. But- and sometimes shit doesn't work the way, work out the way you want it to. And yeah. people that sacrifice that make those sacrifices to, you know, save humanity and then you're just going to snap your fingers and reset everything and everything's all hunky-dory now. That it's bullshit. It's it's lazy story writing. I think they got to a point where they were at the Omega, they killed it, and the writer was like, "Well, fuck, where do I go from here?" Because yeah. the beginning of the movie was kind of upbeat and lighthearted and a little bit comedic, even though it was dealing with some very, uh, you know, serious subject matter, you know, death and destruction over and over again. Um, how do I how do I end this? And I think he didn't want to end it on a darker note than what it started, and didn't yeah. have a way didn't have any other ideas other than oh, we'll just you know reset. Yeah. Well, you know what else? Uh, what else this did? Left it open for a sequel. And they are producing a sequel. It's called Mart. Yeah. Live. Yeah. Live. Dead. Repeat. And repeat. And repeat. Yep. Yeah. The uh, let's see. As of March uh, 2018, they were rewriting the uh, rewriting a script that had come up. Right. Blunt, Cruz, and uh, Lyman, the the director, they're all enthusiastic, but. A lot of stuff has to align before it ever becomes something. So yeah, yeah, that's what Blunt was fingers, saying. Yeah, and I really crossed. hope they correct the ending in the next movie because yeah, the the I ending sucked. The ending almost well, ruined the entire fucking movie for me. Well, according according to this thing, uh, well, back in Octo- in twenty sixteen, Lyman re- uh, said that it's more of a it's a sequel that's a prequel. Hmm. Whatever that's supposed to mean. So, hmm. uh, you know, we'll see. Especially with the title, live, live, dead, live, die, repeat, and repeat. I mean, obviously something's going to happen. Right. Um, you know, he's got uh, the Omega juice. Does, does, that make, does that make him, you know, reset every, every time he dies? I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. I'll be interested to see what they do with it. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I they've got me hooked. I'll go watch it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Even though you know it's Tom Cruise. <laughs> well, he didn't do a bad job, and no. I mean, you know, his portrayal of Cage and the the what how he transitioned Cage from basically this uh, news reporter in officer's clothing to this elite soldier that was just kick ass. I thought really flowed really well. I thought he did a really good job. As much as I probably, you know, don't really like Tom Cruise all that much, he does right. really well in action flicks. Yes, yeah, yeah. I thought he did really yeah. good in this. Uh, yeah, he did. He did good. Um, you know, the one thing. So, so what? What I never could quite figure out is you got you got uh, you got Rita and Cage, right? They're both wearing the exosuits. Uh-huh. Except Cage's looks more mechanical, and then whenever you see Rita's, it, it's it's a lot more streamlined. Well, they had it's like they they had three different types of of mech suits. Well, I know they had the heavy, and they had so so the the guy that went balls out uh, had a heavy mech suit. 
Right. You know, he was in he was in a big old tank type. And then I get what I guess Cruz had the well, they, they, the medium. Yeah, they had three different versions. Uh they had what was called a grunt, a dog, and a tank. Mm. So I'm guessing the grunts were the lighter, uh, more streamlined, and then you had your dogs, which were kind of the uh, I guess the medium the medium sized, and then the tanks were the the heavy, heavy suits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and these were real suits. I mean, they weren't actually powered, but they were made of metal. A, a lot of them. Uh, the one that Emily Blunt was wearing weighed eighty-five pounds. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, eighty-five pounds. I think she probably weighs eighty-five pounds. But yeah, the the heavier versions of the suit weighed about one hundred and thirty pounds. Interesting. And between between scenes when they were shooting, they would actually have like their suits they would be suspended from chains on oh, iron okay. frames to take the weight of the suits off their shoulders yeah you would have you would have thought they would have like used like l400 or something like that you know so and what made the hell it look is l400 like, uh foam l400 is uh uh is it l400 i think that's what it's called it's it's uh it's a black foam that a lot of um uh, uh cosplay uh, oh, okay, use. okay, okay. You know, it's, well, it's and this, I think they had some soft material battle suits. Yeah, uh, for some of the the people in the background, but I mean Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise's characters were like right there in the forefront, and you would have seen the, the yeah uh, the bending of that of that foam. It wouldn't have looked right. Yeah, it's true. I um, I liked the uh, I liked the. Uh, it was almost like a nod to uh, StarCraft um, when uh, Blunt <laughs> comes out with her with her uh, goon squad, you know, and they've got the uh, they almost got that marine uh, face paint on their on their helmet. Oh uh, yeah. Y- y- yeah, or the yeah the Marines, yeah yeah. Right, <laughs> it right. kind of reminded me of 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 the Marines from the from uh, StarCraft Two. Oh yeah, you know, they just like, need <laughs> real real deep Southern accents and. Yes. <laughs> And it'll all be complete. Yes, yes. It's what it kind of reminded me of that. But uh, and and on top of those helmets, I, I like the, the. You know, it's they ask Cruz, "What? No helmet? No. Well, why not? It's a distraction." And I'm thinking to myself, "No, it's so you can see his pretty face." Right. You don't action scenes. Yeah. You don't put a <laughs> helmet on Cruz, man. I mean, you're paying him <laughs> for for his face as much as his acting. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, even the original helmet he had, it was just it was just a regular old helmet with a with a clear face guard. I mean, yeah, you still can mean, see who he was. was. That was pretty much all of them. I mean, yeah. even uh, um, even the sergeants helmet had that that same configuration yeah yeah so it's not like the helmet would have hurt him but yeah as those i thought emily blunt's character was really good um yeah i i really liked the way that they kind of tailored her suit to kind of match her frame and, and her mm-hmm. fighting style um, which was more visceral and 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 one-on-one right yeah as it, was, opposed it was very close combat blazing. and yeah um, I thought her character was very consistent throughout the movie. Um, she was she was basically a, a very you know hard line battle hardened soldier that was well you know forged in much of the same way that Cage was. Yeah, she um, she had to watch her partner die three hundred times. Yeah, and yeah, so 
and she did start start showing like cracks in that shell throughout the yep. movie, um, especially on that road trip scene. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. When she was kind of you know giving out some personal information, road trips are are one to do that, mm-hmm. and then um, you know you kind of see a little crack in her in her shell whenever she kisses uh, Cage at the end of the movie too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That like it's like she holds her she holds her guard up the entire freaking time, and then when it gets down to the end, it's like oh no, it kind of changes a little bit and now. Well, I mean, she knows she's the- fucked. I mean, well, yeah, yeah, she doesn't have to. She doesn't have to put up that stone wall anymore. Uh, yeah, she knows that she's only got minutes left to live, so she might as well just, you know, got reveal Hulk emotion. Smashed. Yeah, Hulk smashed. Yay! <laughs> That's, that was awesome. I thought the way they portrayed J Squad was good. I mean, they were mm-hmm. they were interesting characters without being, you know, just stupid cartoonish mm-hmm. characters. Uh, yeah. You get a good look at their individual and the can't talk today. Uh, uh, you get a good look at their individual personalities um, yeah. and they, they varied them enough that they, I think they gave a nice flavor to the story and you actually kind of care about them a little bit and kind of are a little sad to see them go whenever they do eventually die. Yeah, except for Paxton. Yeah. Uh. Whatever. <laughs> I like Bill Paxton. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's it's you never really cared. I I never really cared for him as far as in the in that you know it's like eh, he's just being a hard nosed Sarge, you know, whatever. Oh, you can just you can just see this being how his character from Aliens would have been if he had lived. <laughs> you know, this is Came this is over, like the man. natural progression if he had actually made it through all of that. Yeah, and. And, uh, yeah, just really dug into the belief that, you know, uh, the, the crucible of battle reforges you into this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could definitely tell that would, that would be the natural progression from his aliens character. Yeah. So I thought the mimics were a little derivative. Uh, yeah, well, Did yeah. Did they remind you of anything at all? Um, I don't know. What did they remind you of? Whenever I first saw them, I thought instantly of the Sentinels in the Matrix. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I could see that. Um, They move the same. They look very similar. Same coloration. Yeah. Uh, I kind of, I kind of thought of more like dogs, you know, uh, because they pretty much walked on all fours. But yeah, I mean, they, I can see where you could see Sentinels. And I wish they would have kind of, I mean, I know the movie is not about the aliens. Um, right. And that the aliens are basically little more than a plot device. But I really wish they would have dug in a little bit more on yeah. what the aliens were doing there, why they were there, what their motivation was, things like that. Other than, you know this thing just dropped out of nowhere and this is how they fight and win. Yeah. Is that, right. that, that, that didn't do anything for me. No. Yeah. I mean, or, or, or yeah, you know, even if you don't get the motivation at least, well, you kind of get the motivation, uh, cause didn't they uh, mentioned in there that, you know, they strip it for resources and move on. Right. 
No, they never I, said that. Yeah, I I want to say that the doctor dude said that um, when they were talking about Rita at Verdun. They were talking about that, you know, it, it seems like they strip it for resources and they're done type of deal because, you know, she connected or what have you. Or maybe that was part of the trap. I don't know. Hmm. But I I could have sworn that I heard something like that. Um, yeah, I maybe, don't remember that I'm, at all. Now, I remember the old people, the olds at the bar talking about, you know, well, they're here for minerals or... Hey, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, maybe that's maybe what that's you're thinking what of. Thinking. They're here for the minerals. No, oh, they're here for the oxygen. Yeah. They're here yeah. for our women. Yes. So, so on to- uh, talking about the aliens here, what the hell are they shooting? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, so so it looks like it looks like they're they're well. Uh, it's on fire, whatever it is. Right. Well, doing some research, the the they wanted the aliens to look a little organic, so they went with like an an obsidian morphine type look, right? So and 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 everything seemed to be uh, melee based. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was all run up at them and just eat eat their faces, right? Except for when it was the helicopters and things, and then they're shooting something. Yeah, then they've got some anti-aircraft capabilities. Right. So, so I'm thinking, you know, you never really see any sort of technology, you know, as far as like the, you know, they're not carrying anything. Um, so I'm wondering if they are just shooting their wad out into the cosmos. <laughs> And, kind of like on and, Starship Troopers, those big beetles uh, that like crap up in the air. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's that's kind of what I I like to think is it's it's they're they're shooting part of themselves. So, I mean, you're, they're basically they've basically got explosive sperm. Oh my god! Right? I sure. <laughs> okay, thank you, thank you. Come on, you got to follow me here. <laughs> I'm following. It's you. it is. I don't want to follow you, but I no, am. no. It is a sound train of thought here. Come on. I mean, we got to go like with the whole. I mean, train is going. Well, the only reason it's because everybody got money shots. Well, okay, not everybody. A couple people got money shots. Cruz got money shots twice. Oh my god! <laughs> but you know, so I had just I never really could figure that out. Is what the hell were they shooting? Yeah, you know, it, it wasn't. It wasn't like they were picking things up and hurling at it. It was. It was fireballs of some sort, or even. Well, it was even projectiles because uh, uh, Cage got took one to the chest right before he got teabagged. Right. Well, right before he got looted and then teabagged. Right. Uh, I mean that that's God. She's shitty. Yeah, I know. Put, Did you just take my misery. battery? Yes. <laughs> put him out of his misery no at kidding. least. Nope, I'm going to leave you here to die. Oh, my God. Oh, that's terrible. But no. I thought uh, I thought the look of the movie was really well done. I thought the, the set pieces that they had uh, looked very good, especially the converted Heathrow into a military base. That was yeah. really well done. Very that was utilitarian, nice. looked cobbled together, but, yep. you know, very uniform and, and function. Yeah. Um, the only thing I did like with the set pieces, oh excuse me, uh, was the the Louvre part. I mean, it, it was it it was a little, at least when I was watching it, it was a little dark on my TV. Yeah. To to really see what was happening. Yeah, I think a lot of that Louvre, uh, well, probably all of the Louvre 
uh, set was all digitally done. It was yeah. very dark. Uh, you couldn't see a lot of it. And yeah, yeah, I agree. That was it was it was, it was hard I think to that see. Was a, I think that was a slight misstep. Um, in that case, you, you know, because because if you th- they talked about they had to get it done before the uh, before the actual invasion, right? Right. Um, and the and when you saw the invasion at the beginning, it was pretty much daylight, right? You know, um, so so they went in the night before. Right, they went in the night before, but then they then they said something along the lines of, you know, we only got three hours, right, or right. something like that. They said so. So, so you I mean, figure it's probably around four o'clock in the morning, four or five o'clock in the morning, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they were like, "Oh no, we got to hurry up, hurry up, hurry up," type of deal. So you would you would have thought it would have gotten lighter, and it never really did. Yeah. You know that that was my especially especially when they're trying to convert uh, uh, convert that thing into a into an airship, right? You know, an airboat. I mean, it, that doesn't happen in two minutes, right? Yeah. You know, there there was some work there. So you, I would have thought it would have gotten a little. I thought I would have thought it would have been lighter than it was. Started getting that, twilight, yeah. Like yeah, when that psychic wave went out. That psychic wave went out. It looked like it. Uh, you know, it was sunrise. Right. You know, but okay. <laughs> Great. You could have made it a little later. <laughs> cuz you well, cuz cuz they didn't cuz the beginning of the movie it was it was broad daylight just not broad daylight, but it was pretty bright outside. It wasn't like it was first thing in the morning. You know, the sun was up pretty high. Um well, but I mean we also don't know how long the battle had been waged at that point too. I mean, there were already a lot of people and uh, equipment on the ground. That's that's true. Well, they were saying that J Squad was the tip of the spear. Well, me, yeah, tip that's of the true. spear is is front line first first on that's the That's true. Tip of the spear, the edge beach. of the knife, crack of his ass. Yeah, yeah crack of his ass. Yeah. Mm. Big ass crack. But no, I thought the I thought the set design and the location shots were fantastic. I mean, European or <laughs> European. Europe is already, you know, a beautiful place and Mm-hmm. I think they shot this. Looked like they shot this in winter because I didn't see any leaves on the trees uh, in some of the location yeah. shots. Um, yeah, but it, I mean, it did look winter or or really late fall. Yeah, but I mean it, that even you know added to the tone of the movie because I mean it it yeah. made it look more desolate. Uh, the the gray light from from the winter scenes really fit the mood very well. Mm-hmm. Um. I thought the beach scenes looked really good. Uh, they went for a World War II war movie aesthetic, and I thought they nailed it. I thought that was it was very good. Yeah, um, it, the, it reminded me of uh, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I thought the effects were really masterfully done. They were uh, they looked good, but they didn't distract from the movie. They weren't overdone. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't you know crappy CGI effects where you can definitely tell. Oh well, that's absolutely fake because i can see the pixelation um but yeah they they weren't overused uh they probably could have toned down the aircraft scene on the invasion all of those aircraft coming in um that was probably a little too much i mean there were a lot of aircraft in that scene right uh that looked 
that didn't look right. Well, and and uh, yeah, it didn't look right. And w- would they really be flying that low? Well, yeah, you I know? mean, probably I mean, when they're when they're coming in for approach to to right. drop everybody off. Yeah, because I mean, those were just basically drop ships. They weren't going to be landing, there, but they were going to yeah. get they were going to get down as as far as they possibly could, and then just uh, everybody was jumping yeah. out. Well, I would have, I would have thought they would have, because those are V, those are they're VTOLs, uh, v, VTOLs, V twenty two, basically, uh, except quad uh, quadcopter instead of uh, two. Um, I would have thought they would have been up higher, and then just dropped vertically as fast as they could. Well, but I mean, if you go higher like that, then you've got to kind of stop and then hover down. Whereas yeah. the beauty with the VTOL is, is you can go down. Uh, like a, a regular aircraft, and then you know, stop up pretty stop, quick, yeah. and then go into yeah. hover mode. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a quicker approach and uh, and a quicker escape. So, um, well, no, it wasn't a quick. Escape. <laughs> it was not a quick escape because they they knew they were coming. So <laughs> they knew they're coming, which leads me to believe that uh, the the uh, surprise attack. Was actually um, uh, beneficial or, or successful? <laughs> How's that? No, well, no, no, no. Uh, since they knew they were coming, I think they actually won. The humans actually won, and the Omega reset it. Oh yeah, yeah. You're probably right. That's what I'm thinking. That's the only. That's the only way I think that they would have known it was com- They were coming. I mean, they they had to. I mean, they were buried. Yeah. They had people. They had they had mimics buried, ready, right where people were going to show up. Yeah. You know, or you know, oh hey, this whole group J squads right here. Let's unbury right in front of them. You know, right right behind them actually. Right. Yeah. You know? that, that's a good point. You're probably right. So, so I, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking it was a success. Operation Downfall actually worked, but you know, Scientology kicked its, <laughs> reared its ugly head and <laughs> right. reset the day. Yeah. So, so do you notice on, uh, when they were at Heathrow and everybody was kind of loading up on the transports, everybody was in their power armor, some of the people in the background, um, walking, you could definitely tell that they were not in power armor because they were not walking like they were in power armor. They were walking like they were in big fucking metal suits <laughs> yeah. that weighed 85 to 130 pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them looked feel, like they were having more trouble walking uh, yeah. than others. <laughs> I feel sorry for those uh, poor extras that had to haul that uh, shit. Oh man, and yeah, uh, yeah. any of the actors that had to that had to haul that crap around, you know, some of that could have been CG'd, and they just overdid it a little bit. Uh, yeah, I don't think so because they said that they I made so. like, you know, hundred uh, like a hundred and thirty of those damn suits. So, oh really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. They made a lot of those damn suits. That yeah, they made suits. seventy of the hard material and fifty of the soft material battle suits. So they made a lot of those damn things. Mm -hmm. I thought the music was good. I thought it was uh, totally appropriate. Um, Mm -hmm. When it came to the four, it wasn't distracting. You weren't like, oh, my God, would they stop with the music? 
Um, but I thought that it really did enhance the mood. Uh, I thought it followed well with the plot. Mm-hmm. I, it, it really, it really helped with the montage, the death montage. Yeah, it really did. It was, it was. <laughs> um, it's it, what they did with the music was exactly what you want from a soundtrack. It's, it's not distracting. It's not, um, it's not taking away from the film experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. It wasn't, um, and and, and uh, I'm going to be honest. The end credits that uh, that was stuck in my head for a little bit. Was it? Yeah, that that song. It was it was stuck in my head. So I didn't go through all the end credits. So I don't. Well, I, don't I didn't what... either. But I got the first like you know ten seconds ah, of it or so. Okay. Yeah. You know, and so I was like, oh, it's that song. I like that song. I'm not going to sing it. Because, you know, copyright and, uh, yeah, I can't sing. Right. So it was really disconcerting the first time that I saw Mary Poppins get blown up. Did, did your, did your, <laughs> did your childhood just <laughs> crumble before your eyes? No. It was, it was really weird seeing Emily Blunt in this after seeing her in, I, in Mary Poppins. So. Yeah. See, I haven't seen, I haven't seen her in Mary Poppins. So, uh, you know, you know, I haven't. I haven't gotten that yet, but it was yeah. it was very disconcerting seeing her because the last thing I had seen her in was uh, a quiet place, you know. So oh, I haven't it, seen it, that. Oh, that one that one's pretty fun. That one's pretty good. But I mean, that was the last movie. You know, I'd seen this movie beforehand, but uh, yeah, that was the last one that I saw her in. So I was like, oh wow, wow, that's kind of kind of mean. Yeah, poor poor girl. You know? And you're absolutely right. That fuse at the end is the absolute longest fuse ever. I counted yeah, 10 seconds. I never, uh, yeah, I never, I didn't actually count it. And I never noticed, honestly, I never noticed it the first time I watched it. But I'm sitting here, you know, and I'm supposed to tell the story. And I and then I started thinking about it. I was like, okay, he got stabbed. He dropped them. He turned around, showed the pins, and then they continued to float down. Yeah. Huh. That was a long time. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that was that was a little rough. But uh well, do you drama. have any awards for this this movie? I have a few. I I have 4 of them actually. 4. Hey, that's that's how many you should have. Oh, excellent. Excellent. I'm going <laughs> to let you go first on the black lung. All right. So my black lung, I didn't see anybody really smoking. I didn't see anybody, you know, blowed up and smoking. I didn't really see much, anything that would really qualify for a black lung. So my black lung is going to go honorary Doc Cottle. Okay. Okay. So I thought the same thing initially. Um, I was like, man, there wasn't really anything real obvious. But then I remembered... Um, that I'm going to give it to Rita uh, when she decides just to go ahead and let herself get blown up when uh, she finds out that Cage knows something. You know, hey, uh, uh, find me oh, when you wake yeah. up. yeah. Yeah, you're Boom. right. Yeah. You know, right. I mean, she takes it. She takes it because she, she knows. She knows now. She's like, Yeah, oh, and he was okay. telling her, we got to go. This is going to blow up. And then she was uh, like, yeah. wait, how do you know that? Yeah. yeah, and then she figures it out. She's like, "Oh uh, no, nope, screw it!" And then Where'd... she became a crispy critter. Yep, you're yep. right. 
So, so I, I decided that one. I mean, she didn't really smoke. She just kind of no, exploded, but exploded. Yeah, but you know, I'm trying to <laughs> trying to get something there. <laughs> you know, shoehorn something in there. Exactly. Who's got your head or, left? Or I'll just say, you know, I'm sure Tom Cruise caught on fire at least once during his death scenes. You know, <laughs> I mean, one of his deaths that we didn't see oh, on one camera of his had was to... drowning. I can't imagine. Oh. Oh That's, man! Ugh. Yeah, 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 and it was self-inflicted drowning. I know, I know. It wasn't. It wasn't like, oh, I messed up. It was. It's a trap. I got to get out of here. Yeah. Let me kill myself. Whew. More power to him for doing that. Yeah. That. Ooh. Gosh. I mean, it's one thing to put a bullet to your head. It's another thing to. I'm going to purposely drown yeah. myself. Mm. Yeah. All right, man. Who's got your head lush? Head lush. Uh, <laughs> cage drowning. In his so- well, hold on. In his sorrows when he was at the pub. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna go. You did not give that to Cage, but he drowned. No, 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 no. But I saw that my notes say Cage drowning. I'm like, oh, okay. Nice segue. Nice segue. Yes, I like it. I like it. <laughs> you? So, um, same scene, but I'm giving yeah. it to the olds at the bar because. In the middle of a war for the survival of humanity, these old fuckers are at the bar sipping pints and bitching about what the aliens are actually doing here. Uh, so yeah, those are man. some hardcore fucking lushes. They get my head yeah, they are. Yeah, I mean, instead of running for the hills or, or holing up in their house, they're, uh, right. they're doing that. And they're bitching <laughs> to each other about how their dads were... More stern in World War Two, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about the player? Uh, My player is going to go to Cage for his repeated attempts to romance Ritaski, (laughs) and he gets Uh, stomped down every time. Yeah, Uh, well, no, there was one time where he got fidget spinnered. Well, yeah, but I mean, Yeah. yeah. He got shut down. He got shut down, yes. In yeah. very, very, you know, various ways. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that was, uh, that was mine, was Cage trying to, constantly trying to get it on with Rita. You know, I can understand trying once or twice, you know, but after that, you'd kind of think, hey, this probably isn't worth it. I'm getting shut down. Why do I have to keep trying it every time I relive this place? Right. It's it's like he was trying new moves every time. Yeah. I wonder how many iterations he went through just trying to, you know, figure out all her likes and wants just to yeah. romance her as quick well, as possible. Yeah, yeah it kind of it kind of uh it kind of hints to that in the car ride, you right. know. He's like, Your yeah. middle name's <laughs> such and such. Well, and no, he knows not. that she likes coffee and how many sugars yeah. she likes oh, in yeah. her coffee. Wait, wait, no, no. And three sugars, three sugars. Three sugars. Yeah. yeah. That's where he that's where he did wrong, man. If he yeah. could have just like, oh, that's pretty good. You got it quite quite right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he just kind of just did it. No, no. He had to purposely point it out. Right. Make her suspicious. Who's got your purple hippo? Purple hippo. My purple hippo is going to go to Cage when he has his Omega vision. And I'm going to go specifically with the one for um, in the car when he actually finds it because, I mean, his eyes go black and he is – he's out there. Yep, yep. He is out there. Uh, 
Yeah. So mine is very close. I'm giving my purple hippo to both Cage and Vrataski for a couple reasons. Okay. Both of them having relived the same day probably hundreds of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the shared experience of dying hundreds of times in dozens of different ways. Yeah. And the visions that they got when the Omega started finding them. So Right. I'm giving yeah. them a shared purple hippo for that. I I could see that. I could see that. I but I I had to go with something of that was uh, uh actually shown, you know. Right. Uh, that's that's where I went. Sound awards. I like them. We we should uh we should do the Oscars. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I think they're I looking mean, they, for somebody. They're looking for a host. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so very much for coming on the these past couple weeks. Um, it has been my pleasure. Well, that's it for this week. Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Pod crawl music is Snack Mix by Machette. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Podchaser, and Blueberry. You can leave us feedback at smokinganddrinkinginspace.com, on Twitter at status underscore podcast, or email us at smokinganddrinkinginspace at outlook.com. I'm Jason. And I am Rob. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.